Wow, hey Fox, it's season four of the Disney animated Cannonball Time. We've finished season four! Well, I mean, you and I have finished season four. The people listening to this know that season four is on the horizon before them. Oh, well, we've finished season four and you haven't any chance. <laughs> is that the wrong attitude? <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Well, we're about to talk about our summary of what we did for season four, so it's no secret that it's in the past for us. Yes. Uh, it's season four, the Disney Renaissance and others. The the true Disney films defining our generation, if I do say so myself. Yep. And really defining Disney's whole reputation, because like this this is the shit that people base their ideas about Disney on. Yeah. This is this is where the Disney musical really comes into its own. There are so few of them from the classic era that are that are really full on musicals. And mm-hmm. there's a this is this is the thing where all the stuff on the t-shirts comes from. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah. that's a lie. I haven't seen an Aladdin t-shirt out for a while. And just the idea of Disney being like uncompromising quality family films that are still also a good time for grown-ups because you're just generally going to have fun mm. uh, and look at something amazing. Like that's that's this shit, and it. It starts so much later than you thought in the Disney canon, and it ends so much quicker than you thought. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I mean, even within this generation, we had some real mixed feelings. Yeah, uh, I think I think for all that this period has the reputation of, of quality, this is one of the seasons where I got the angriest. Because there's a lot less of the excuse of, this uh, This is a group of people who existed in a world with like miscegenation laws. Like this is this is the place I grew up. This is my childhood, and some of the stuff here is ghastly in hindsight. You can really feel the weight of Disney trying to do better and not really getting there because that sort of is the story of the nineties, right? Mm. Like we were trying so hard to get woke, and we were not real good at being woke. <laughs> Also, while Disney was deeply huffing its own farts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A uh, little mermaid happened and it did not take them long to get high on their own uh, new rep- on their own new reputation as just the hottest shit out there. I mean, you accidentally make the best-selling animated film of all time and then the next year you do it again? <laughs> it's gonna have an impact on your brainworms. It got wild. Um, there is stories in this season about stealing voice actors there's the formation of dreamworks that happens in the background there's some development of some really neat technology and ultimately when you get down to it the disney renaissance is someone going what's in the box of the secret that makes the disney renaissance and then they open it and they look inside <laughs> and they go oh it's all colonialism oh i was gonna say money because <laughs> here's the other thing Budgets are going to explode in this era. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit, Disney looked under the couch cushions and there was so much cigarette money back there. I thought I thought I was going to go over. Like, I thought when we started this season, I thought I would break out and read aloud passages from the Andrew Vogel memo about the hero's journey and mapping it onto all of their movies. And the idea that the Disney Renaissance has this like rock solid structure because they're all working within, you need this many scenes setting up this story beat and this many scenes setting up this story beat. And I never bothered. I I never actually had to do that because we always had other stuff to talk about that was more interesting. I thought 
that I'd get into the whole thing with Musker and Clemens doing their piece on what the purpose of a musical is. I thought we'd have some time talking about uh, uh, musical construction. You know, you you talk until you can't help but sing <laughs> and then you sing until you can't help but dance. But no, I don't think that came up. Oh, it came up. But what really came up was us being super mad. <laughs> the problem with this era is that it's so good outside of the the things that are not good that the not good things make you really mad yeah so you're like how dare you ruin this how dare you get phil collins to do the music how, that, that one may be a little bit fresh in my mind but how dare you ham-fistedly fictionalize uh the the colonial history of america <laughs> thus ruining what would otherwise be a magnificent movie with some bullshit. It is it is remarkably uneven. Not in the way that that normally means of like, you know, good movie, bad movie, good movie, bad movie. But this podcast, the episodes you're going to listen to are going to wildly vary in mood. And there's going to be a point where we both sound like giggling fans. And then <laughs> like one movie later, we are going to be seething and waving torches. Incandescently angry. So hey, Fox. What was your favorite movie of this season? I mean, this is no surprise. This is still one of my favorite movies of all time. I adore Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, and I think that if I gave you two more options, it'd be Pocahontas. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Hunchback two more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my Pocahontas is, is my problematic Disney fave. I understand everything that is wrong with it uh, and why they should have done better, but it's so beautiful and struck me at a time when i was so here for everything it was doing uh and i've never escaped that love but uh for, for sure problematic fave i i understand mm -hmm. what about you i hate giving the same answer as you because it's really <laughs> basic but hunchback hits me in a really deep spot Hunchback is so good. You, you might notice I don't have jokes about Hunchback. Like, I don't have a lot of silly things to say about Hunchback. Well, it's because... not a funny movie. <laughs> yeah, but there are lots of movies that aren't funny that I have no problem <laughs> making fun of. But in the case of Hunchback, um, it's, it's still one of my deep favorites. And also, I wound up liking Tarzan and The Little Mermaid <laughs> just galaxies more than I expected. Uh, I'll, I'll give Little Mermaid that too. I... Like, it's not that I was unfamiliar with it. I just liked it more in retrospect than I ever did at the time, I think. Yeah, it's it it, uh, it serves as a counterpoint for the fact that the delightful animal movie of this this round absolutely shat me up the wall. <laughs> Are we talking about Lion King? Rescuers Down Under. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, so I mean, Lion King is definitely a flap. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't call Lion King delightful. I would say it is an important movie. It surely is. Um, But, it, like, if you're going to pick one to be the animal movie. Yeah, good point. But, you know, whimsical talking animals as people movie is is definitely The Rescuers as well. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, now we're sort of getting into the, the other question we frequently answer on, on this uh, recap, which is what? What surprised you the most? Yeah. <laughs> okay, are you able to pick one? Honestly, no. I was surprised in pretty much every episode except Hunchback. Because <laughs> in Hunchback, <laughs> I just showed up and was like, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, there's a lot. It, it's kind of complicated because there's a lot of them. These are the movies I know best out of the Disney canon, but a few of them I was surprised to find out how much my feelings had changed. 
Like, The Lion King is still a glorious movie that made more money than anything, and it's not like that doesn't make sense, but also the, the whole, you know, uh, uh, true place rightful king monarchy worship <laughs> angle is... Boy, has that worn thin on me over these years. <laughs> That's, uh, I And I used to be able to just be like, well, it's a kid's movie. It's not that big a deal. But I found myself very short-tempered with it on this take. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in this season that brought out a depth of venom in me I wasn't expecting. Uh, and same as you, Little Mermaid is, I think, better than I gave it credit for. Like, it was always a good movie. Wasn't my favorite. Um, but I, I found I enjoyed it more, and in particular, particular, I liked Ariel more, now that I can look at her through the lens of, huh, maybe I wasn't goals at the time, maybe I was girlfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, she, she definitely predated my bisexual awakening a bit, unlike Pocahontas, who, by the way, yes, that's, it's definitely another reason that that movie <laughs> hit me hard. <laughs> Uh, Pocahontas pushed up the open the door, and then Esmeralda kicked it in. <laughs> Both of them are like hardcore life or wife mm. uh, pivot points for me. Let's say, <laughs> um, and so are a, a lot of the dudes from these movies too. Right? Aladdin as well. Aladdin and Jasmine both <clears throat> definitely occupy that area. This is just the point where I started wanting to have three sons of Disney characters. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, but also, I was surprised to be this angry at Rescuers Down Under, which I remembered as being definitely not a Renaissance-quality film, but at least a good time, and not particularly insulting. Uh, but like, boy howdy, there were more American accents in that than I remember. And, and you learned something about the voice casting, uh, and about the sound direction, that changed your opinion even more so. And we'll leave that as a yeah, surprise. No, I, I don't want to ruin anything for the viewer. Uh, but yeah, suffice to say, I, I my opinion of that one ratcheted down a few notches as well. Mm. Nothing's going to piss you off quite so badly as not giving you something you almost got. <laughs> I mean, a lot of my creativity is motivated by being mad at what I was given and believing I could do better. So hearing about when these ding-dongs with their giant piles of money and industry-defining standards made shit choices <laughs> that you really could have seen coming and done better on. Uh, you know, that just that gives me a little bit of a rage on. Yep. Still, it's the Renaissance, and from here, you're going to hear about all the classics that Disney wants you to think of as what defined your childhood. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> I got bad at taking notes during the Renaissance. Uh, in my defense, there was so much to look at. <laughs> uh, 